he's uh, pastoring a church in uh, in Irving, Texas, isn't that right, Irving? And uh, that's down near Dallas. Uh, he also travels quite a bit, Mexico and, and Europe and other places, uh, ministering the Word of God uh, to the body of Christ. We're glad he could come up and be with us in these days. Brought his wife with him. We're glad of that. So, brother, uh, you just come on up. We have two mics. You can both share. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Hallelujah. We are so glad to be here with all of you, and uh, we really enjoy our time here. It's a blessing. It's a refreshing, and it's really encouraging to hear what the Lord is doing in all of those places that you are, that you visit, that you have missions there, and. Uh, we are also glad that the Lord has called us to be missionaries from Mexico in the United States because, believe it or not, the United States also needs missionaries. And, uh, you know, the trend is changing. The, the, the things are changing a lot. And uh, we have a, a lot of revival in all Latin America. And there's a revival in Africa, in Asia. But here in the States, uh, we need revival also, right? So I think we are looking forward to revivals in different places of the United States, and we're glad to be here. Uh, my wife wants to share a little thought, and then I will preach something. So trying to encourage you to let you know what the Lord is doing with us. Hallelujah. Cristo vive, hermanos. Jesus is alive. Tenemos un Dios fuerte. Our God is strong. Tenemos un Dios poderoso. Our God is powerful. ¿Y sabes qué nos trajo aquí? And you know what brought us here? Nuestro Dios. Our God. Su amor. His love. Esa grandeza de nuestro Dios. The greatness of our God. Ese es nuestro Dios. That's our God. No es el tuyo, pero el I don't Dios, know you, but me. Mi Dios es fuerte. My God is strong. Mi Dios es poderoso. My God is powerful. Mi Dios no me deja caer. And my God will never let Ese me fall. Ese es mi Dios. That's my God. Mi Dios es eterno. God is eternal, wonderful, Yo así. and I could talk to you and preach to you, Pero decirte, but I want to tell you, desde que al Señor, from the time I, I met the Lord, el Señor me enseñó que aunque fueran cinco minutos, and the Lord told me that even for five minutes, yo tenía que aprovecharlos. I need to use them wisely. Y hoy que me dijo mi esposo, vas a pasar. And my husband told me, you're going to go and share something. Digo, no, no, no. I no. said, no, 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 no. La predicación te la dejo uh, toda. You are the preacher. You, you go ahead and do it. Pero el Espíritu Santo empieza a hablar But the Holy Spirit begins to talk to you. Y volvió a decirme. And the Holy Spirit told me. No, que aunque fueran cinco minutos, uh, no se iba a I told a you, no, uh, when you had five minutes, you have to Bendito use them. Bendito sea el Señor. And then I said, okay, bless the Lord. Yo quiero darte una palabra de ánimo. I want to give you a word of encouragement. Que Dios puso en mi corazón. That the Lord put in my heart. Yo no sé lo que tú hagas. I don't know what you do. Ni dónde vives. Or where you live. Pero el Señor sí lo sabe. But the Lord knows. Y quiero decirte algo. I want to tell you something. Que las pequeñas cosas. That the little things. Dios las hace grandes. God makes them big. Maravillosas. Wonderful. Y no importando que trabajes and even if you work in the secret place y nadie te vea, and maybe nobody is looking at you el Señor te ve. the Lord is looking y el at Señor you hará cosas and, and the Lord will do great and wonderful things in your life tú no te vas a and you would even imagine Mira, la vez que me yo tenía 17 años. the first time that somebody invited me they, I, only, I was only 17 years of age y eran 90 and there were 90 young people y dos pastores dijeron, ¿Quién quiere Ir a ministrar al tribunal de menores. And two pastors ask, uh, who of you uh, want to come and, and uh, share in the youth uh, jail? Yo estaba recién convertida y dije, seguro van a ir todos. I was just uh, converted to the Lord and I thought, well, maybe of these 90 youth, Entonces all dije, of them will go. Yo, yo voy, yo voy. But then I raised my hand and said, yeah, I will go. No lo vas a creer, fui la única. And I was the only one that raised their hand. Pero quiero compartirte esto no But por mí. I want to share this not because of myself. Quiero compartirte porque trabajando con el Señor. I want to share it because working with God. Muchas veces te vas a encontrar gente que no quiere. Many times you will find people that don't want. Pero no te dejes llevar por los que no quieren. But don't let it be carried away by que the people that don't want to do anything. Puestos en el autor y consumador de la obra. Just set your eyes in the author and the finisher Jesucristo of the work. Jesucristo el justo. Jesus Christ the just. Y si nadie quiere. And if no one else wants. Por él vale la pena. Just for the Lord is worth. Por él vale la pena. Just because of the Lord is worth. 
decirte que en esa ocasión yo temblaba y después de seis meses, and el pastor, months, su ayudante, uh, pastor and his helper, por primera vez me dijeron, they told me for the first time, te toca. It is your turn. Mis cinco minutos. Five minutes you will have. Entonces, cuando yo empecé a hablar de Jesucristo, so that was my first time I began to talk about Jesus Christ. Y empecé a animar a los jóvenes and a I venir al to, Señor. To encourage the young people in the jail to come to the Lord. Para la gloria de Cristo, hermano. For the glory of Jesus. Más de 300 jóvenes se convirtieron. More than 300 young men uh, came to the Lord. Señor, Praise be the Lord. El pastor se me quedaba viendo. And the pastor was looking at me and telling me, no te usé antes? How did I use, why, why did they use you Pero before? Pero lo importante es esto. But the important thing is this. Aunque sea una oportunidad. Even if you have one opportunity. Pero hazlo con todo tu corazón. Do it with all of your con toda heart, tu fuerza, with all of your strength, con todo tu servicio para el Señor. Service to the Lord. Amarás al Señor tu Dios con todo tu corazón, con toda tu heart, mente. With all of your mind. Y eso es lo que tenemos que hacer los hijos de Dios. And that's what we have to do, the children en of God. En diferentes lugares donde tú te mueves, go, vas a encontrar barreras. You will find walls. Aún el enemigo va a tratar de poner desánimo en tu mente. Y te va a decir esto no sirve, and no vale la pena. And he will tell you it's not worth doing it. No gastes tu tiempo. Don't spend your time here. Pero quiero decirte. But I want to tell you. El Señor quiere todo. God wants everything. Todo. Everything. Él quiere manifestar su gloria. He wants to manifest en una his manera glory maravillosa. In a very wonderful way. Y si el mismo espíritu And if the same spirit que levantó de los muertos al Señor Jesucristo dead, vive en mí. Lives in me. Vivificará he will tu cuerpo. Make alive my vivificará, body. hermano, tú sabes. He will make alive la gloria para nuestro For the glory of the Lord sabes, Jesus Christ, and you la know what? De Dios está aquí. The presence of God is y está here, su casa. and He is here because it's His house, and because we all are seeking Him. Y si su está and aquí. if His presence is here, y en cada uno de nosotros, and if it is in each of us, ¿tú sabes Dios hay aquí? do you know uh, how much of God is here? Mucho poder. A lot of God. A Dios lot of power. Hacer cosas maravillosas, God wants to do wonderful things today, tú, powerful things. Si Even you. If you are sad or discouraged, o si enfermo, or maybe sick, y nadie sabe, and nobody knows, pero Dios sí. but God does. A lo mejor tú has sido herido, maybe you're hurt, nadie te ve, because nobody sees you. Nadie ve tu trabajo, nobody sees your job, Christos. your work. Jesus does. Y lo que tú haces no es and whatever you do padre, is not forgotten from our Father because He is powerful. Y voy a que uh, I want to finish because He is a preacher. Y voy a el <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to share a, a testimony que acaba de hacer el Señor en la en the Lord just did in the church in Dallas. Había una hermana con nosotros, una viuda. There was a wi widow. Uh, there is a widow with us in the church. Y ella se convirtió hace como un año. And she came to the Lord about a year ago. Ella era una mujer muy triste, enferma de sus huesos. She was a very sad woman, uh, sick with her in her bones. La artritis le estaba acabando. Arthritis was finishing her up. Siempre estaba con medicamentos y sin movimiento. She was all the time taking medicine and not moving well. Y Dios empezó a poner en mi corazón. And God began to put in my heart. Háblale, háblale. Talk to her, talk Ella to era her. salva. She was saved. Miembro de la iglesia. A member of the church. Y empecé a acercarme a ella para and motivarla. To approach to her Así como to cuando arrancas una carcachita. Cristo te ama, Cristo te ama. Jesus loves you. Dios Jesus te loves va a sanar. Rompe toda eh, situación de enfermedad. We're, we're y ella solo me decía, pero es que mi enfermedad es genética. Todos mis hermanos están enfermos. Bueno, para concretar, 
ella sanó. She was healed. Bendito sea el Señor Jesucristo. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Empecé a, empecé a hacer cultos de mujeres con ella. And I started to gather the women in her house. En su casa está el culto de mujeres. Uh, the women's meeting is in her house. Y la primera era ella, la única. And the first one, of course, it was her. Y a veces así como que el enemigo ah, te mete. ¿Vas a ir hasta allá una hora por una? And um, sometimes she was the only one attending, but the, and the enemy tried to tell me, are you going to drive all the way, an hour away from your home just for one person? Pero había una convicción en mi corazón. But there was a conviction in my heart. El amor de Cristo the sobre love este of hermano. Christ for this woman. Y diario que yo, o las ocasiones que me tocaba ir con ella, and every time that I had to go there, el Señor la empezaba a sanar su alma. Terminamos diez hermanas esa, esa clase. And we were ten women in that class. Pero para que veas que las pequeñas cosas Dios las hace grandes. Ahora esta hermana Now this sister es el motor de la iglesia en muchas áreas. Is, uh, es areas. la primera que está en la oración. The first one that arrives to Se pasa meetings. diciendo, soy tan feliz. Dice, mis vecinas hasta me dicen, ¿qué te volviste a enamorar? Uh, my neighbors ask me, did you fall in love again? Pero era Cristo. But it's, it's the Lord. Es Cristo. It's Jesus. Y sabes aún más. Even one more thing. Dios la ha estado usando a ella. God is using her. Para sanar mi corazón. To heal my heart. Porque mucho tiempo. Because uh, for a long time. El enemigo time, trajo acusaciones a mi Try to accuse me for, for things. No sirves. And tell me, you no don't, you're good for nothing. Don't no talk. Digas. Don't say anything. La mujer calladita y no te muevas. The woman should be just quiet and not move at all. Pero Dios empezó a usar esta hermana. But God began to use this woman. Y cada vez que sister. yo le decía algo, and every time I told her something, ella venía y me daba el doble. She came and told me, and gave me the twice as much. Me decía, es que lo que has dicho trae vida. And she said, what you just told me is giving life to y cada palabra que yo le daba, me. And every word that I gave, she returned three. Bendito sea el Señor Jesucristo. Quiero animarte. I just want to encourage no importa lo que hagas. Regardless of what you're doing, hazlo para el Señor. Do it for the Lord. Gózate con tu Dios. Él merece toda la gloria, hermano. Toda la alabanza. Adora a tu Dios. Adora Él es digno de toda la gloria. Dios te bendiga, hermano. God bless you all. Amen. Hallelujah. Now I have the two mics. <laughs> Hallelujah. Praise God. Thank you. Hallelujah. God, God is doing just wonderful things, great things everywhere. Hallelujah. And, um, well, it's so good to have a, a wife that is in revival all the time, right? <laughs> Amen. It's always encouraging. And, uh, you know, when I feel down, uh, she comes and encourages me and then she challenges me. And well, praise the Lord for that. We, we're just, uh, finding new things to do in the ministry. We are traveling together more because our children are growing up and then they go to the colleges and we have more time together so we can just minister together. And that's, that's a real blessing. So, uh, praise the Lord for all of that. And, You know, I'm I'm just so glad that uh, our God is is not lukewarm. Amen. God is never lukewarm. He's always in fire for you, for me, for all of us. He's always passionate all the time, 100% of the time. He is never depressed. He's he's always, uh, you know, trying to to show us his power, his love, his mercy, his tenderness, everything, you know. God is so great, so good, so wonderful. And he's always in fire for us. And if we are here today, it's because he hasn't finished with us. Otherwise, we wouldn't be here. But God is working with us. He's passionate. He's dedicated to the work of his hands. And, uh, and he's doing so many wonderful things that if we could really understand the Lord, if we could really understand God, if we could really see him as he wants us to, to know him, uh, our life will be changed, you know, because God is so great and so wonderful. And many times we do not uh, relate well with God because we don't understand him well. 
And we do not understand him well because we have preconceived ideas of God and preconceived ideas of the, what the Bible says and many other concepts and things that hinder our knowledge of God and our relationship with God. And um, the, the more we are in, in love with God and the more we know him, you know, our life will be more and more changed. Uh, one of the things that um, more and more I, I see and I find in the Bible as I study the Bible, I love to study the Bible, and uh, I, I just give thanks to the Lord because the Bible is such a wonderful book. It's like no other book. Uh, one of the main things to, to know God is to understand the Bible as it is. And uh, there are so many wrong ideas about what the Bible says. And sometimes we read the Bible and we think that we understand what the Bible says, but our preconceived ideas change the real meaning of the Bible, and we don't really get what the Bible has to say. For example, when we want to study about any subject, we go, we go to a dictionary, we, we go to the Hebrew, we go to the Greek, we go to the writings of this man, this other man, interpretations of this, and then we say, okay, now I understand the Bible. No. The Bible is the only book that has the ability to interpret itself. And the best definitions of a word, a concept, a theme, or whatever you want in the Bible, it is in the Bible itself. And unless you go to the Bible and understand the concepts of the Bible... And take from the Bible what the Bible says about that subject, that concept, that, that uh, character, that story, that thing. You have not understood the Bible. And then you will understand God halfway and you don't, you will not have a clear idea of what it is. Uh, I'll give you an example. For, uh, let's go to John 15. Love. What do you think love is? I'll, I'll, I'll read these verses from verse uh, 12 through verse uh, 17. And here we will understand how the Lord Jesus is defining love. And we will find that these definitions of love are the ones that God wants us to understand. And when we apply these uh, concepts of the Bible to the rest of the Bible, we will really understand the Bible. Jesus said, this is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. Great. God, God wants us to love one another. The first definition of love, is, he says, is greater love has no one than this, that someone laid down his life for his friends. So what is love? Laying down our lives for our friends. Maybe you will not find that definition in the Greek or in the Hebrew or in any other comment. Maybe you do. But what Jesus said, the Bible, the love is, is laying down our lives for our friends. Second definition. Verse uh, 14. You are my friends if you do what I command you. What is love? Obeying the commandments of God. Right? Simple. Number three. Not only, no longer I will call you servants, for the servant does not know what his master is doing, but I have called you friends, for all I have heard from my father I have made known to you. Third definition of love. I will have secrets to share with you. Love is an intimate relationship of friends that share secrets to one another. Where is that coming from? Directly from the Bible. And number four, you did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you that you should go and bear fruit and that your fruit should be abide, should abide that, so that whatever you ask of the Father in my name, he may give it to you. What is the fourth definition of love? You know, unconditional acceptance. We didn't choose him. He chose, he chose us. He just grabbed us up and brought us to him, that's love, okay? There are many things like that, that the Bible defines in itself, 
And then we have a greater idea and greater concept of what the Bible wants to say. And if we read the Bible, you know, as, as it is, our limits, our boundaries will be broken. The, the walls will fall. And many things that are hindering our ministry, our life in Christ will fall down. Tonight I want to talk about one word. It's called perfection. And I know when I, when I say perfection, a mental block comes in and shoots. Nobody's perfect. It's impossible. No one can be perfect. Only God is perfect. Where do you get that? Jesus said, Be ye perfect, as my Father in heaven is perfect. Wow. So we can be perfect. Paul said, not that I have obtained it yet, but I pursue it. You know, Philippians chapter 3. I want to be perfect. And Jesus said that, uh, and Paul said that uh, Jesus is perfecting his bride to have it without spot, without wrinkle, without any blemish. Perfect bride. And if you read the Bible, and if you read the, 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 the mindset of the Lord Jesus Christ, and if you understand the ideas of the Lord Jesus Christ and of the Apostle Paul, one of the main things for Christian life is perfection. Because if we are not aiming to perfection, we are going to fall short of whatever the Lord wants to do with us. If we do not change our minds, if we don't renew our minds, and we accept the concept of perfection in our Christian life, we'll be very, very short of what what the Lord wants to do. You know, our God is great, much greater, greater than we can think. And if we are aiming to perfection, we will see many more things of God that we can ever imagine. One of the, the definitions of perfection, without my wife knowing that I was going to share that verse, she, she quoted it. It is in Mark uh, chapter 12, verse 30. It says here, and you shall love the Lord your God with all of your heart, with all of your soul, with all of your mind, and with all of your strength. What's that? Perfection. That means that we will love the Lord in a perfect way. What does it mean to love the Lord in a perfect way? Love Him with all of our heart with all of our soul, with all of our mind, and with all of our strength. When we have arrived to that point, we can say, I'm loving God the way He wants. I'm loving God in a perfect way. And God wants to shake us, and God wants to remove us. And many of the things that happen in our lives, many of the defeats or sorrows or Bad moments that we confront in our lives are happening because God is working in us, trying to remove the barriers, remove the walls, remove everything that is hindering us to get to perfection, to get to the goal of God. And uh, tonight we're going to talk a little bit in the, in the life of Abraham. You know, Abraham is a very good picture of a missionary. Why? Because God said to Abraham, leave your, your home, your family, and Go to the place that I will show you. And I think we all have heard that voice and we have all responded to that. And we are now engaged into following God to the places that he wants us to take, to take for him. So we're going to go to, to the book of Genesis and we will examine uh, the life of Abraham. And we will find there how the Lord was perfecting Abraham in a very clear way and how the Lord is also working in us. Because the Bible was written for us to learn the way God works with his characters, with his leaders there, so we can uh, know uh, how the Lord is dealing with us also. Uh, there, there are four times in the book of Genesis that says something about Abraham. 
Abraham lifted up his eyes. So instead of walking like this, looking at the floor, God wanted Abraham to look up. And that was the call to perfection in Abraham. And that's the call that God wants to do in us today. The first one we find in Genesis chapter 13, uh, verses 14 and 15. And it says, And the Lord said, Abraham, after Lord, <coughs> said to Abraham, after Lord had separated from him, Lift your eyes now and look from the place where you are, northward, south, southward, eastward, and westward, for all the land which you see, I give it to you and your descendants forever. What had happened to, Abra- to Abram at that time? He was separated from Lot. And I'm sure that he loved that, that man and that the relationship between him and Lot was very, very close. But he was finally in the spot where Abraham had fulfilled the word of the Lord that God said to him, Left, leave your home and your family and go to the place where I'm going to uh, show you. First of all, Abraham brought his father and his father died in the way. And then he had Lot, his nephew, and Lot had problems with him and then they finally separate. When they separate, God says to Abraham for the first time, now lift your eyes up and look north, south, east, west. Everything you can see, I will give it to you and not only to you, to your descendants forever. God didn't make that promise before because Abraham was not ready. Because of what? Because his heart was not totally loving the God, loving God. And the first thing God wants to do in our lives is to separate us from the things that are hindering in our hearts to receive more from God, to receive more perfection from God. And he has so many times to do tough things in our lives. Maybe a loved one dies. And we think, what? What are you doing to me, God? If if, If that person is not with me anymore, I can't go anywhere. And God is saying, no. You can. The first kind of perfection, we can call it fullness perfection. And God wants to fill our hearts with only Him. We have the tendency to make idols in our hearts of people. My leader, my son, my daughter, a friend... Even our spouses. But the first thing that Mark says is, love the Lord with all, all of your heart. And God is calling us to have fullest perfection. And that's why he sometimes has to create things or permit things or allow things in our lives that will separate us from other things that we have in our heart that are hindering our love for God. And we are not completely dedicated to the Lord because we have these other things that are are like uh, crutches. When things don't work, we go here, we go there. We find comfort in this person. We can uh, find other things outside of God. But let me tell you, God is a jealous God. And God wants to fill completely your heart. And he wants you to to feel uh, full with God. And sometimes we ask, well, if if everything in my heart is God, should I love my wife? Should I love my children? Should I love my pastor, my church? Yes. But there's one difference. When you have a divided heart, you give part to God, part to your wife, part to your children, part to your family, part to your church, part to the ministry. But when you have died to all of the other things in your heart and you give it all to God and you love the Lord God with all of your heart, the the fullness perfection arrives to your heart. Then from the love of God, you will begin to love with a new love to your wife, 
that is better than your love? Because it's the love of God for your life, for your wife. From the love of God you will take to your children. From the love of God you will take to the ministry. From the love of God you will take to every other area in your heart. But the key is that we must love the Lord God with all of our hearts. So the fullness of God is filling our hearts. And God knows what is hindering in your life. And many times you will find a wall there and you cannot go beyond those things because we have not separated ourselves from those things that are using space in our heart and are competing against God and are challenging the love of God that we have. And we have things like that. But God is working in us. And God is passionate about us. And He wants us and He loves us in such a way that He needs to let things happen in our lives till we completely say, God, my heart is completely yours. And there is no one else in my heart but you. And he will give you the love to love the other persons, the other people, and the ministry in the right perspective, in the right relationship. And then you will say, yes, now I know to love. You know what I want? I want to be a perfect husband. And you can ask my wife. I'm very, very far from that. But I know something. That the more I love God, he will give me more love for my wife. To understand her better. To love her in the way God made her to be. And you know, when I don't understand her, because understanding women is hard. (laughs) We all know that. But the main thing is, you know, God didn't call men to understand the woman. God called men to love them. And sometimes our brain is... (laughs) And say, what what she's asking from me is, I don't understand. I know how to do it. She wants me to do these things that I don't know. And you you try to do it and it doesn't work. But when you are filled with the love of God, when you have experienced the fullness perfection, when you say, okay, God, you are all I have, then in such a strange way, you begin to say things to your wife. And she says, oh, I like that. You hit the spot this time. Where did you learn that? What book did you read? Well, it's not not that I read something. It's just the love of God is filling my heart. I'm so overflowing with with the love of God. God is everything I have in my heart. So I can love you better. Same thing with our children. You know, same thing with the church. Uh, I'm learning as a pastor so much, you know. I never wanted to be a pastor, but God said, you will be a pastor. And I rejected the idea and the ministry, and I wanted to train others to be the pastors. But finally, God said, you are the pastor. Okay. But you know, a pastor must love the church. Not only teach them, not only spend time praying for them, but really having fellowship with them. Understand, And all of that, it wasn't impossible for me. But again, what is supplying all of those things? The fullness of God. The fullness perfection. And God is so great, so wonderful that he wants to fill your heart with his love. So you have all the love of God, not only your partial love, the part of the, of the heart of yours that was dedicated to that person or that ministry. But all of the love of God, the abundance of the love of God, the fullness, perfection of the love of God to love others. And then you you will... Moving into perfection. You will, uh, advancing in your life and then you, you will just see greater and greater things in your life. The second time that, uh, the Bible talks about Abraham lifting his eyes is in Genesis 18 verses 1 and 2. And it says here, then the Lord appeared to him in, by the thirty-bent trees of Mamre, And he was sitting in the tent door in the heat of the day. So he lifted his eyes and looked. And behold, three men were standing by him. And when he saw them, he ran from the tent door to meet them and bowed himself to the ground. 
Here it says that the Lord himself appeared to him. And he lifted his eyes and looked at the Lord coming to him. This is one of the Old Testament uh, appearances of the Lord Jesus Christ. And if you read the whole passage, you will understand that it was the same Lord Jesus that was there. I'm not going to go into all the doctrine of nobody has seen God and survived and all that. We can save that for another session. But it was the Lord Jesus that was there. And he came with a, with a, with a announcement. He came to tell Abraham, in the appointed time, Sarah will have a son. God has said that to Abraham in the chapter 17, the chapter before. And you know what Abraham did? He laughed. The first one that laughed was Abraham, not Sarah. So the first one with unbelief was Abraham. Then in this chapter, God says that to Abraham. Sarah was hearing. Normally women are hearing. And then she found out that the Lord was going to give her a son. And she laughed. And then God said to Abraham, what do your wife laugh? And then Abraham comes and tells her, what do you laugh? And she said, I didn't laugh because she was afraid. But God said, no, I will fulfill my promise. And you both, Abraham and Sarah, will have a son. The second perfection is called purity perfection. And you know, God has a lot of things to purify in our souls. Because the second thing is we need to love the Lord with all of our soul. And in our soul, there is one thing that is always hindering the purposes of God. And it's called self-effort. God has said to Abraham and Sarah, you will have a son. I think they tried. They tried hard. Nothing happened. Then Sarah came with this idea. Well, here's my, my maid. Take her. And when the baby is being born, I, she will sit on my, on my lap. And then it's like if I'm having the baby. They try to help God. That didn't work. Problems and problems. Problems after problems. And when they were, you know, uh, 99 and 90 years of age, God comes with a great idea. Now is the time. And Abraham says, I can't. Sorry, God. And Sarah says, impossible, I can't, too late, God, too late. When we are working in our souls, trying to fulfill the will of God, trying to help God, we fall into the problem of self-effort. And that's one of the things that God wants to remove from us so we can really know that He is powerful to perform what He has promised. And He doesn't need our help. Many times we are too strong for God. We try and try and try and try. God, you say this, okay, I'll, I'll do it. And God says, no, 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 I'll do it. Just let me do it in your life. Okay, Lord, but uh, a little bit, you know, 80%, 20%, okay? Let's make a deal. No, no, no. God wants to do 100%. He wants us just to be instruments, vessels, empty vessels, clean vessels that he can work in us, that all the glory will go to him. You know, pride is one of the things that hinders the work of God. And God knows how much pride is in our, in our lives because pride is many times reflected by self-effort. Instead of just listening to the Lord and obeying His word and obeying His commandments, we are always trying, always trying. Until the time that we are tired, that we are old, that we are, that in our own strength we say, it's impossible, God. Next generation will do it. It's not up to me to finish that work. And God says, I wanted to hear that before. But now that you're saying, I'm telling you, now I'm going to do it because all the glory will come to me. That's purity perfection.
God wants to purify us through the impossibles in our lives. God is purifying us, giving us promises of things that he has spoken to us through prophecy, in dreams, in things that he has uh, given us when we read the Bible. And we don't see them happening because God is purifying us. Till the time that we say, God, like Abraham and Sarah, I can't do it anymore. But that's the time for God. And then we will begin to love the Lord with all of our soul. Because in our soul there will be nothing but emptiness and cleanness. And things that will say, God, I hunger for you. I need you. If it is not you, nothing will happen. If it is not because of you, I can do nothing. If it is not your anointing, your grace, your revelation, the work you're doing in my life, in my soul, I can do nothing. God, I am completely finished myself. If you don't do the thing in me. And we wait upon the Lord. And we spend time in his presence. And then we begin to see the Lord as Abraham was looking at at the Lord. Because the time of God will come whenever we think we can do it. We cannot do it anymore. And that's the right time. You know, many times God is, is waiting to hear that phrase. God, I can't. Then God says, praise the Lord. <laughs> now he says, now I can do it. So the second perfection God is working in our lives is purity perfection. Purifying us from two big evils. evils, Self-effort and pride. You know, we need to realize that everything that has happened in our churches, in our missions, in our ministry, we can't take glory for nothing. It's just the Lord. He heals the sick. He saves the people. He provides for the buildings. He makes the miracles. He gives us the revelation of the word. He does it all. And the more we are humble, the more we are clean in our heart, in our souls from that self-effort, from that pride, we will see more of the glory of God fulfilling his promises and doing great and wonderful things. The third time, Genesis 22, verses 4 and 5. <clears throat> this is a great passage. It is when God asks Abraham to offer his son Isaac to him. And we know the story because early in the morning, Abraham took his son, took wood, fire, servants, donkey. And they all went. And it says in verse 4, Then on the third day Abraham lifted his eyes and saw the place afar off. And Abraham said to his young man, Stay here with the donkey, the lad, and I will go yonder and worship, and we will come back. So, The third perfection that God wants to work in us is maturity perfection. He wants to mature us more and more. And uh, like all of us were born babies and we were crying and everything happened. When everything or things happened to us, we the only thing we had to do is just cry. And mom was coming and changed diapers, fed us, you know, hugged us, whatever. But maturity means that we take responsibility, that we are diligent, that we take uh, things in our hands, and then we show the Lord that uh, we are mature people. And the third thing that we need to learn to love God is with all our minds. And as we are being changed in our minds, the renewal of our minds, the transformation of our minds, we are maturing. You know, you can tell an immature person from a mature person by the way they think about a problem. You know, an immature person sees a problem, gets scared, shouts, yells, runs around, 
like a chicken with no head and then doesn't find any solution and he says, I'm in a big trouble. And he cries and he doesn't know what to do because he's immature. When a person is mature, he sees a problem, he analyzes the problem, he finds the right solution, finds the right people to fix it, finds a booklet or finds a YouTube video to, <laughs> to know how to fix that thing, you know. But, you know, that shows maturity. And the thing that God asked to Abraham was a, a real, real tough challenge. Give me your son. Isaac, the one you love. God was very, very specific with Abraham. So he didn't think it was Ishmael or any other thing, you know. And an immature person, how would have reacted? Oh, don't sleep all night. I don't know what to do. Uh, running around, maybe tomorrow in a week I will go, Lord, in, in two weeks, in a month later, Lord. Uh, let me think about it. Let me Let me see how can I do it. But uh, God was calling Abraham to a perfection of maturity. And you know the crisis in our lives come to us so we can mature, so we can change the way we think about things, so we can really understand the greatness of God and really see God working in our lives in a better way. When we receive the Lord Jesus Christ... We are born again, right? Everybody here is born again. But no big changes will happen in your life unless you go in the process of renewing your mind. The Jesus is in our spirits. But you can see Christians of 20, 30, 40, 50 years, and they are still babies in Christ. It's not the same with our physical body. Our physical body grows anyway. But in Christian life, that doesn't happen. In Christian life, it's required one thing. That's why the Bible many times says in the New Testament, we need to be transformed by the renewing of our minds. To stop thinking as the uh, old man and to start thinking as a new man. You know, the Bible says that we have the mind of Christ. The mind of Christ is already sown in our, in our spirits where Jesus dwells, in our hearts where Jesus dwells, but it requires that we mature in that process so we can really take from the mind of Christ and pass it on to our natural mind or the mind that we think every day and we begin to think like Jesus. And we, we begin to reason like Jesus. You know, God didn't create, did not create us to just be dumb. He gave us a mind. He gave us intelligence. He gave us a, a way to reason things and to find out things and to, to see the things the, the way God wants us to think. And a, a big process in the, in the discipleship or training disciples or, or making people grow is the training of the, uh, the renewal of their mind. As our uh, sister was telling a while ago, don't only raise disciples, raise fathers. And what is a father? A mature person. And that's the the third uh, perfection that God is dealing with us. Maturity. God wants maturity. How? Through crisis. I'm sorry to say that, but I think it's the only way. If we don't have crisis, we'd never mature. And this is, this was, this was a great crisis in the life of Abraham. Because what God was asking the dearest thing in his heart. When, when he was walking, he lifted up his eyes and said, that's the place. And he said something to his uh, servants. We will go there. We will worship. And we will come back. Because he was not thinking as in mature person. His mind had been renewed, knowing God all of those years, and knowing that God, the one that had given him that son, was able to raise him from the dead. That's a renewed mind. How many problems we have? We all have problems, right? We all have crises. 
Maybe in our marriage, maybe with our children, maybe one of our children is going astray from the Lord. Maybe we don't have money to pay our rent. Maybe the church is falling apart. Maybe, I don't know, so many things. We all have problems. We all have crisis. But God is wanting something there to break the wall of impossibilities and say, God, I know you have a solution. I know you are still on the throne. I know you are ruling and reigning, and nothing comes out of your control. You have everything under control. And then you begin to think like Jesus. You begin to see things like when Jesus was, uh, when Jesus received the news that Lazarus, his friend, was, was sick with the sickness of death. What did Jesus do? He didn't run like a chicken with no head. Right? He just stayed there, waiting on the Lord. And then he said, now is the time to go. And his disciples were crazy. They were, what? They're going to kill us also? Are we going to die with Lazarus? Are you going to die also? You know, all, all sorts of immature things the disciples were saying. And the Lord just kept calm. And I right to the place, removed the stone, gave the word. Thing happened. Praise the Lord. We have the same God. Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And in every trial, in every problem, in every crisis, Jesus is telling you, I am the same yesterday, today, and forever. If I took Lazarus out of the tomb, if I rescue Abraham, and if I uh, opened the sea for Moses when they were behind with the army of, of the Egyptians and in front of the sea, and Moses didn't know what to do, I just told Moses, why do you cry? Just move. It's the same God we have. But our problem many times is in our minds. Because we have not matured to know that God is sufficient. That His grace is sufficient. That we can trust Him with all of our minds. And stop the devil in his tracks. You know, what is the main door of the devil in our lives? Our minds. Our thoughts. Like the, from the very beginning, he came with those ideas to the mind of Eve. And he tempted her. Twisting the word of God and all of those other things. He's the father of lies. He's all the time challenging God, challenging the word of God. Saying lies, infecting our minds, our, our way of thinking with lies. And it's sad to say, but it's easier to believe the devil. But God wants to challenge us to go into perfection of maturity. Stop believing the devil. Shut his mouth. Tell him, I trust the Lord. He's my king. He's my Lord. He's in control of my life. And if this is happening to me, it's because something better is coming. And if you really accept that, you will live in peace. You will not live in desperation, in anxiety, in many things in, that happen in your, in your mind. All of the fear, you know, the Bible says, he who fears is not perfected in love. But God loves us all. Why does the Bible say that? Because we want, we need to receive that love. And we need to understand that love. And we need to declare that love. We need to confess the love of God. And we grow into maturity Perfection. The more we think like Christ, the more mature we are. You know, another definition of perfection is more like Jesus. More like Jesus. What is perfection? To be more like Jesus. Okay? Fourth time. Genesis 22.13 And it says, Then Abraham lifted his eyes and looked, and there behind him was a ram caught in a thicket by by its horns. So Abraham went and took the ram and offered it up for a burnt offering instead of his son. When God stopped Abraham with a knife about to kill his son, 
Then Abraham lifted his eyes again, and he saw that ram caught by, the, by his horns in, in the bush. And this will speak to us about the fourth kind of perfection God is working in us. It is strength perfection. God wants us to get stronger and stronger and stronger. The Bible says that even if the outward man gets weaker by the years, and I see many gray hair here, the inward man is renewed day by day. And even if we are getting older in our bodies, outside bodies, outward bodies, inside the plan of God is to, for us to get stronger and stronger and stronger. So the day we were buried, we were the strongest in our lives. That's the plan of God. You know, we, 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 we need to see that in our lives. You know, Moses died. 120 years of age, and he was so strong. And the Bible talks about those who dwell in the house of the Lord will bear fruit even in their old age, and they will be green and strong. Of course, it's not talking about our our outward body, but our inner body. And God wants to get grow stronger and stronger in the Lord. That's strength perfection. How did that happen? Well, the ram, which is a picture of the Lord Jesus Christ, that was caught by his horns to the bush. And this is speaking about something really important, you know. The strength of the ram is in his horns. They don't have a paws or to, to you know, like the cats or lions. They don't have big uh, jaws. The strength of the rams are in their horns. And, and the strength of the Lord Jesus Christ is, is his love for all of us. What kept Jesus on the cross were not the nails, but his love for you and me. He had all the power, all the power to come down from that cross, to take the nails out, take the the crown of thorns out of his head and to come down walking. And those that were around him said, others he saved, himself he cannot save. And it was not that he couldn't save himself, but he wanted to stay there with all of his power because of the love for you and me. That's the power of God. And that ram is a picture of the Lord Jesus Christ being caught there and taken to the sacrifice for his love for us. Where is it, where the strength comes from? From looking to Jesus, the author and finisher of the faith. Whatever the work the Lord has started with you, He will finish. And as Paul said to Timothy in the second letter of Timothy that uh, seems to be the last uh, letter that Paul wrote, I have finished the race. The rest for me is just to take the crown that the Lord has prepared for me and for everyone that loves the Lord. Paul, Paul also said something really important. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And God is the, the source of our strength. And whenever God is asking us to do something, we should always respond to the Lord. Yes, Lord. Here I am. Send me. I know that you all as missionaries have found challenges from God. And the challenges that God puts in our lives are the ones that will require the strength of the Lord. 
Otherwise, we would just do it. You know, I was telling you a while ago, I never wanted to be a pastor. Because I know my character. I'm so dry, so serious. Sometimes I went to, tra- to, to, to say jokes. Nobody laughs. Uh, they think that I am just uh, mean or something, you know. But God said, you're going to be a pastor. That's a challenge. I don't know what the Lord is asking from you. But I can tell you, everything is a challenge. God is putting challenges after challenges in our lives. So we draw strength from the Lord. So we never say, no, Lord. If the Lord is telling you to do it, just say, yes, Lord. If you need strength, look to Jesus. He was crucified in weakness. So we can draw strength from him. The Bible says that the eagles renew or are rejuvenated. And you know what happened? How the, the eagle is rejuvenated? When, uh, when the eagle is getting older and older, their beak begins to grow and then it's a curve. So it begins to, to curve and then blocks the lower beak to open so they cannot eat. And then they begin to get older. And then they begin to die. When, since they have a, a mate, what the other eagle, the spouse, does is that eagle goes and catches a lamb. Because the lamb is a favorite meal for the eagle. Brings it to the other eagle. And this eagle, because of the desperation of eating that lamb, begins to, to hit his beak against the rock. Many times. Till it breaks it. And when it breaks it, he goes and eats of the lamb. And it is rejuvenated. What is the source of our strength? The sacrifice of Jesus. If you need strength, think about the Lord. Think about the things he suffered. Think about the, the, the wounds that he received. The stripes in his back. The nails in his hands. The, thorn, uh, the thorns on his head. The spitting of his face. Everything that Jesus did, he did it in love for you and me. And that's the source of strength in every situation. The Bible, the centerpiece of the Bible is Jesus being crucified for me. And in everything in your life, you have to remember something. If something matters in my life, it's Jesus being crucified for me. The rest doesn't matter. Whatever will happen, the key point in my life is Jesus died for me. And because he did it, I will say yes to my Lord. And he will give me the strength that I need for the challenge that I have. I've heard a couple of you, not only today in this meeting, but in other meetings saying, there is no retirement in ministry. And I strongly believe that. Because the strength of the Lord never finishes. It's always there for you to do what he has prepared you to do. And if he has you here, it's because he wants you to still finish the work that he has called you to do. So, let's not limit the Lord. Let's go for perfection. Let's say to the Lord, yes, Lord. I can't, but you can. And if we dare to receive the word of the Lord tonight, we will tear down fortresses. We will tear down walls. We will tear down many hindrances in our lives, in our marriages, in our families, in our ministries, because we will go for perfection. We will go for more. We will go for the max. We will go for the top of the line. We will go for everything God has prepared for me. And then, by His love, I will achieve it. The Word says, Love the Lord your God with all of your heart, with all of your soul, with all of your mind. And with all of your strength. 
And the four perfections God has for us is fullness perfection, by which the Lord wants to fill our hearts. Then he has purity perfection to purify our souls and just let him do the things. He has maturity perfection so we can love him with all of our mind. And he has strength perfection so we can draw perfection from him and love him with all of our strength. So I want to invite all of you to to stand up. And I want to invite the prayer team to, to come to the front and you feel that God's speaking to you today and you really want to go beyond. You really want to go for more. You are not satisfied with what you have today, but you want more from God. You want to see his promises fulfilled in your life. You want to see him doing more miracles and more wonders. If you need strength from the Lord, if you need maturity from the Lord, just come and we'll pray for you. And God is the one that will do everything for his glory. Hallelujah. Amen. Father, we're here tonight, O Lord. And God, we are, we're hearing your word. I know, Lord, and we all know that you are passionate for us, O Lord. And you have a great, great, wonderful work to do in all of us tonight, O Lord. So, God, we just want to ask you, Renew us, O oh God. Take us further, Lord. Help us to trust you more, O oh God. Help us to see how much we need you, Lord, each day. Take us, Lord, to the next level, O oh God. God, you are all in all. And we love you. And we want you. And we need you, Lord. And we want to love you, Lord, with all of our hearts, with all of our souls, with all of our mind, and with all of our strength, O oh Lord. In Jesus' name. Amen.